Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kuzmeski. Today I'm interviewing Lori Webb. Lori believes in the power of the experience to help you make a change, to heighten your acquisition of new information, or to simply increase your level of enjoyment. She combines her enthusiasm for life with the way she crafts and co-creates the client experience. So welcome, Lori, to our podcast today. Thanks, Mary Beth. I am really looking forward to this. So tell us a little bit about what you do, what your position is in terms of business and all of that. And yeah, just give us a little overview. Well, I have done quite a few things in my in my life. So I have really touched upon a variety of different uh, industries and and tried my, my hand at many things as a young person. And that has actually informed what I do now. And so now through Inspark, which is a Danish word for to inform, to inspire, to motivate, and actually kick in the butt. So that's what I do. I do that through writing. I do that through public speaking. I do that through workshops. I do that by sitting on juries for uh, entrepreneurial challenges. I do that through working in companies, doing uh, facilitations, innovation facilitations or creativity. And I do that through pretty much every which way that I walk through this this life. <laughs> so tell us where you're coming to us live from. I'm coming to you live from Copenhagen, Denmark. Although you might have detected, I do not have a Danish accent because of the fact that I'm a native New Yorker. So how did you get to Copenhagen? Uh, it's the usual story. I, I I came for love, or I, I stayed for love, I should say. I finished my undergraduate degree in London in 85 and was traveling where I met my now ex-husband. And what I like to say is love for a man became love for a city, and I've been here ever since. Wow. So how often do you get back to the United States and do you have clients in the United States? Uh, I get back to the States actually this year, quite the last few years I've been in the States, um, at least one to two months out of the year, primarily because of the fact that my mother is now 85 years old. So my sister and I spend, um, spend quite a bit of time traveling with my mother. So we were in Hawaii last year for several weeks in California. So we were out traveling for five weeks together. And this year we were out traveling for five weeks and uh, we'll be continuing that that as long as we have the opportunity to to spend time with her and who knows what will happen afterwards. Uh, as far as my clients, they're all over the world. Well, that's wonderful that you travel with your mother. She's 85 and still um, able to go out and travel all over with her daughters. What are some of the lessons you've learned from your mother? Well, my mother is uh, pretty much the most awesome person in the world. Uh, anybody who's met her will agree with me. She is extremely kind, extremely accomplished, extremely driven, uh, extremely loving. Uh, she is really an inspiration. She's been the first in many of her, in her fields, she's been the first, for example, she was the first African-American to receive a PhD at Indiana State University. So that was in the 70s. Uh, she was one of the first African-American and also females to uh, be awarded the Commissioner of Corrections of New York State. So she ran the prison system of New York State for several years and then went into guidance and counseling. And 
was one of the very few women and minorities in a position at that stature. So she's done some pretty awesome things, but really the most awesome is that she just really is kind to everybody that she meets. You know, she'll meet somebody on the plane and somebody will compliment her on something she's wearing. She'll pretty much give it to them. Oh, you like this, this pendant? (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) Um, She's really just always looking at, looking to support the underdog, uh, looking to support, you know, someone she tries to see how someone might feel. And she really endorses empathy in, in everyone. And she alludes to, to a, a lifelong philosophy that she's actually lived. Yeah. Well, you know, she must've gone through some major struggles in terms of, of uh, what she's accomplished in her life and what she's probably had to overcome. Has she shared any of those stories with you? Well, I, I think because of the fact that I was of a certain age, my parents got divorced when I was four and my mother and my grandmother were our primary caregivers. So my grandmother was there, you know, really in the role of the traditional mother. You got to remember this is the sixties, the sixties and the seventies when I grew up. So it was not really something you saw a lot of. I mean, a, I mean, divorce wasn't what it is today. A lot of people were very surprised when they'd ask, you know, so what does your father do? And I'd say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's a carpenter, but you know, he doesn't live with us. People were surprised by that. Being African-American, uh, it was also odd. My mo- we, we grew up in, in college towns because my mother was a professor. And so a lot of those things were very unusual. And my mother just made it seem like, you know, it was, it was normal in that as a African-American, you could achieve anything that you wanted to achieve on par with anybody else. And I think that's the, um, the strength that she passed down to my, my older brother and, and my older sister and myself. So she, she shared, you know, some of the struggles, but mainly it was just watch. I, I watched um, I watched the surprise in my friends' parents' faces. It wasn't so much my friends, but it was more their parent, the parents that were surprised that that I was as well spoken as I was, or that I looked as good as I did. And I say that um, with quotes. Um, but that people were were taken aback sometimes that that I looked to be doing just fine, even though there was no man in my, you know, there was no father figure in my house. So they were surprised by that. And unfortunately things have changed. (laughs) Yeah. And how did that make you feel? Well, yeah, it was, uh, I think I didn't realize at first I, you know, I just thought, well, this is just, this is the way we live. And it was, it felt, felt normal. And I didn't feel like I was lacking anything, but I was a little bit afraid of my, my friend's parent, uh, my friend's fathers, when they would come home, I was, I was never really comfortable because a lot of them were very, patriarchal and the, you know, like, okay, wait till your father gets home. You know, there was a lot of the father as disciplinary. So I also had an impression that, that fathers were a little bit harsh and that's, you know, that, that was a a little bit of something I had to get over. Uh, fortunately I had my own children and, and, um, and I know that fathers don't have to be like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. Now, what about, you know, in, in your life, have you had to overcome some, uh, maybe there's one particular big challenge that you had to overcome that sort of speaks to where you're at today? Well, I think my big challenge is that I 
I have throughout my life been told I need to focus, which I totally understand. And if you're listening to me and you have the same uh, issues, then um, <laughs> then hope is on help is on the way. Or you know, don't <laughs> don't be crushed by the the burden of of your ideas and your interest and your your passion for for life and curiosity. And if you're not, uh, I'm not taking anything away from you either, because the, the fact does remain, you, you need to focus on things. Uh, I believe you just don't have to focus on one thing throughout your life. You, you just have to focus on something to a certain extent so you can get a proficiency in it, and then you can move on. And that's been my, my challenge because I've lived in a world where, you know, they, the, when I was growing up, it was, you know, choose your major, choose what direction you're going to go. But already by that point, I was president of everything in my school. I was in a school mm-hmm. with, uh, I grew up in different schools, but primarily two major schools. Um, one was in upstate New York, and we had 1,200 students, roughly about five to 10 max of, of minority students. And I was president of, of everything from fourth grade to 11th grade when I moved to another, uh, my last high school. And that was in, in the capital of New York in Albany. And I ended up being also president of the student council there. So I was a sports person. I was winning awards for, for being one of the top in the state for running and high jumping. Uh, I played every sport. I did a lot of social activities. I my grades were the thing that suffered the most. So I might get B's where I should have had A's and sometimes I got C's where I should have had A's. And I would have that that note from the teacher that said, this is an A paper, but you handed it in late because you were at a conference. <laughs> um, and and so you lose points. So that was, that was something I, I struggled with, but it gave me such a rich life experience it made me able to communicate with pretty much anybody. I can speak sports. I can speak leadership. I can, you know, speak about, yeah, I, I talk to everybody in the school. I think influenced in part by my mother, as we spoke about earlier, just, you know, people are people and, and there's a commonality among all of us. I think everyone has a story. Everyone has something that's interesting. You just have to be open for it. And so that has has uh, been very helpful for me. So tell us about your philosophy when you work with clients and, and how you run your business today. Well, I, I work on different levels. Uh, and so, for example, if you're talking about coaching, then I aim to see what is, what's the pain point? What is it that, that the client is experiencing? What is it they're trying to achieve? And that could be a an entrepreneur that could be a company that's looking to be more entrepreneurial, that's looking to be more innovative. I am very good at, at presenting the unseen, you know, making the, the invisible visible, uh, showing them the, the, the money all surrounding them all over their, their feet that they might not notice in terms of opportunities. I like to test them in, in terms of, what is it that they really want? Because up to the point that I meet many of my clients, uh, a lot of them are on default. You know, they they know what you're supposed to do to be successful or, you know, and many of them might have achieved levels of success. Often they do, they have. Uh, however, 
it's not always making them happy. And that's, that's my, my main thing. I, I believe that we need to be happy in this lifetime. We need to be happy in this, in this world we live in. If everyone was happy, then people would have the resources within themselves to, to be kinder to one another, to, to think of the bigger things that we're up against in terms of climate change or, you know, politics and, you know, religious issues or just people would be more accepting because people are less accepting when they feel less than, when they feel that they're challenged, when they feel that things aren't going their way. So I, I bring that to my clients along with a, (laughs) the experience that I have from working for several decades in, in many of the fields I work with in creativity and experience, uh, specifically with experience economy, uh, working with cross-cultural experience as someone who's lived overseas for 30 years of her life, I've had a, a taste of that in different countries. So uh, that that's also something that that I I bring to the table when I you know sit down with a client uh, how they're how they're looking to grow and how they can look at things from different perspectives. Yeah, I think that's wonderful, and and I I agree with you totally that the when people are respectful of others they're typically happy with their own life. It sounds like that's your mother, right? She's, yeah. um, she's this person who's very positive and wants to help others and gives of herself and gives of her things, I guess. But she seems like she's happy with herself. And I think that that's one of the things that in, in business and you look around in your neighborhood and you look around with the people around you and there's so many unhappy people. And I, I, I wish that they, maybe they could work with you to find more happiness because without it, we have this disrespect in this country that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Except if you're just miserable with yourself, I guess you're miserable with everybody. Right. And I, I believe that, that by, by also sometimes they're very, very small things. Uh, people, uh, especially in the States, it's the whole idea of delayed you know, satisfaction and that whole concept of, of, of growing up in the sixties and the seventies of, you know, you'll work in a job and you'll work for X amount of years and then you'll retire and then you'll get to live your life. However, that model is completely broken in the 21st century. I mean, you know, even people who were loyal to companies for decades got sacked and didn't see it coming. And so at the end of the day, you need to be loyal to you. And you want to work and have respect for, you know, if you're working for a company or you're working with a company, you want to have respect for, for the company. But at the end of the day, companies are made of people and they should be sur- surrounding the values of people and not, you know, I'm really anti, I'm really anti money being cash driven. I'm not anti cash. I'm not anti making money <laughs> and being successful. I'm a- anti letting that be the driver because you can't take it with you. Uh, it's been statistically proven that more money does not make you more happy. Uh, and actually at a certain point it levels off and makes you less happy. So by doing what you feel good about, by living the kind of life that, that works for you and your family and your fa- your friends and, and your clients, then you create, you create a vibration in the world that extends and and empowers other people to do the same and that's that's something i get a lot from my my clients is that that if nothing else they get inspired 
<laughs> if nothing else, they see things from a, a totally different perspective. And they see also that, that things that they thought were insurmountable are not insurmountable. We've been able to, to do some, you know, extraordinary things together. Uh, some of the things, uh, accomplishments, accomplishments that I'm very proud of. I have a client that I was just working with extensively this year that I met through a, actually a Guinness Book of World Record pending uh, live stream conference that I did online last year, 160 straight, 168 straight hours. And oh, I met her and she had an idea. And at one point she, she and I were in a conversation and she was a little bit shy and she was saying, Oh, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to dominate, you know, your time. I said, you know what? doesn't matter to me. I don't, you know, we had 20,000 people on the call um, throughout the, the week. And I don't know how many people were on at that, at that moment. I think it was like two o'clock in the morning, uh, Eastern standard time. And we were chatting and she said, well, you know, you know, I want to, let's move on. And, you know, I don't want to, to dominate the, you know, the conversation. I said, no, you know what, this is, you are exactly why I'm doing this. If, if I can help one person, that's why I'm doing this. And so we got to talking and she had an idea of something that she wanted to accomplish. She wanted to write a book. She wanted to work with, with telling stories and, and, and supporting people through legacy. And I'm, thrilled to say that we actually ended up working together for the last year. She is currently a bestseller on Amazon. She was hot top 10 releases. And, you know, she, she didn't know that that could happen. You know, when she, we had that conversation, it was just a little seed. And I said, well, I mean, I've, I've accomplished many number one bestsellers in, in, in the last few years for myself and have helped others to, to get to number one. So it's that experience and that being out there that I know that that very few things cannot be done. You just have to have the right people. You have to have the right mindset. You have to be willing. I think it's the tenacity more than anything. You just have to establish how much do you want it. And then you figure out how to do it. And and you just keep putting away at it. And it, it's... It's, it's not, uh, it's not who finishes first. That's the whole thing about life. You don't know how it plays out until the end. And maybe even at the end, you don't know. There are plenty of very, very famous artists and inventors and people that we respect and, you know, herald now that, you know, in their lifetime, centuries ago, people thought they were heretics or crazy people. And now they are among our most precious and beloved. So, you know, it's not over till it's over. <laughs> and sometimes yeah, that's exactly right. So tell our audience how someone can reach you, um, maybe a book that you've written or some information about you so they can find out more. Um, they could reach out to you via Twitter or anything else. So g- give your contact information and, and more information if you could. Okay, great. The best way to contact me is at Lori Webb, L-O-R-I-W-E-B-B. That's that's me on most social media. Uh, you can also reach me at amazon.com forward slash author, A-U-T-H-O-R, forward slash Lori, L-O-R-I-W-E-B-B. Uh, so that's my author page. And right now there are three um, books that all went to number one. Um, actually, there were three books and they went to number one in 10 different categories in Canada, 
uh, the United States and in the UK over the last several years. And there are more books that are pending. The original book that everything was based on, Entrepreneurial Profiles Around the World, where I've interviewed 360 entrepreneurs from street vendor to multimillionaire, is forthcoming. It's late, but it's forthcoming. <laughs> it's on its way. Um, the book became 10 actual books. Each chapter, I kept interviewing people. So each chapter became a book in, in and of itself. So the uh, the original uh, overview of the books to come will be coming out in 2017. And yeah, the rest of the books will be rolling out then as well. Wonderful. Well, congratulations on all of your success. And I look forward to the new book. And I really thank you for being a part of this podcast today. Well, thank you so much. I hope that I uh, was able to either inform, inspire, or motivate, or even kick somebody in the butt that needed to, to be kicked in the butt today. Well, you absolutely did, I'm sure. So thank you very much. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, thanks for including me in this great podcast. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.